Sage is fighting the fight. He has fought cities. He has fought counties. Politicians. Naysayers. Hell, he's even fought mayors. Thank you for listening to Sage and the Houseless Movement, a weekly show dedicated to the news and views of the homeless locally and worldwide. And all other things considered homeless? Yes. Broadcasting live from your Alexa device, the Radio Free Network app, iOS, WMBU.org, Many Voices United, and the RadioFreeNetwork.com. And now, from some wooded area in Akron, Ohio, here is Sage of the Rage Lewis. Yo, 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 what is up? What is up? This is Sage. Your friendly neighborhood homeless activist. That's me. <laughs> you know, it's winter. Winter is a special time for homeless people in the north. It's when you die a most painful death of cold and hypothermia and truly suffer at the hands of a system that just gives no fucks about you. <laughs> So it's a magical time in the homeless world. But before we get involved in that, I need to tell you about my sponsor of the week. And that sponsor of the week is the law offices of Warner Mendenhall, Inc. Inc., I tell you. Let's go through the 31 Google reviews. Let's just do it. I haven't even looked at them. I'm going right now. I'm just going to read them. This guy says, Chris says, excellent work, professional and responsive, very detailed and answers all your questions. Great staff to exclamation point. And then they wrote back and said, thank you. It was our pleasure to represent you. America wins College of Aeronautics said, excellent attorney. Well seasoned. Well seasoned. <laughs> well seasoned i think i've been watching too many cooking shows what like they're salty with a hint of garlic mm, delicious and experienced seasoned and experienced thoughtful detailed and strategic he is a problem solver an attorney with action who won't back down, stands up for what is right, and will hold the city, company, or person accountable. When the other side sees him standing next to you, they will know you mean business. You know, that is true. That is that is true. <laughs> this firm should be put on a retainer as an integral part of your strategic team. Just send them money. Just, just get them on there like the Netflix of attorneys. Just You need them when you need them. I don't know what their uh, monthly streaming service costs, but according to American Winds College of Aeronautics, it's worth it. Worth it. This person, and then they wrote back and said, thank you for such a wonderful review. We love our small business clients. Isn't that nice? Dorita Davis wrote, always a great experience. They are professional and efficient. I appreciate all their work and dedication. Dorita makes no mentioning about their seasoning. It's okay. They're lawyers. <laughs> we don't need to know how well seasoned they are. 
Matt Pickle Simmer, Pickle Simmer wrote positive, professional, quality, responsive, value. Again, nothing about seasoning. I don't know. That other guy must have just had an experience that most people don't get. I don't know. This law firm is fantastic. He has helped me with every step and has answered all my questions. I would use and trust him with any of my legal matters. All questions? Like all questions, because I have a lot of questions. Pretty good review. Jermaine Harp wrote, I am thankful that Brian from the firm represented me. I was a little discouraged at first because it was going long that I should. I don't know quite what that means, but Brian kept me encouraged to let me know that everything will be fine. And he was right. Says they wrote back as a thank you for the kind review. Often legal issues take far longer to resolve than one would think. You're telling me, bro. Been suing a city for about 50 years. <laughs> I can't get past. Did we send it to the right address or not? <laughs> that has nothing to do with Warner Mendenhall. Ooh, the law. We try to provide a realistic assessment of time frames involved. I could go on and on, but I don't want to give them all away. I'll read more later. Look. The law offices of Warner Mendenhall, Inc. are awesome. Call them. Go to their site, warnermendenhall.com. They do all the law. They do it. It's no comp, not too, nothing too complex, nothing too easy. They expose fraud and corruption at the highest levels. You know they do. Here it says here on the website, they do bankruptcy, criminal defense, eminent domain and property law, false claims acts, and municipal law and personal injury. Look at that. All the things, just call them and get them on a retainer like that other guy. And then you can answer, I can answer all your questions. Like literally like, are there other human beings on another planet? That's my question of the week. I just want to know, was it that a planet was dying and they needed to go to another planet and they dropped off a bunch of people and then we got us? I, that's what I want to know. I just think, I'm not saying I don't believe in evolution. I 100% believe in evolution. I'm just saying we're a little different than your average creature on this planet. You know? I mean, yes. We look like apes, but uh, I don't know. We're crazier, I think. <laughs> I think we're crazier than apes. <laughs> That's the question I want to ask, but you can only get that question answered if you get on the uh, Netflix retainer account at warnermendenhall.com. Just do it, and then they answer all your questions, and they are perfectly seasoned <laughs> let's get into the show everybody let's do it let's do this thing look there's homelessness in america i don't know if you think a lot about it but i'm here to tell you it is the humanitarian disaster of the 21st century there's always been homeless people 
in America, but nothing like what's going on right now. Okay. It's like the freaking hunger games out here, ladies and gentlemen, the hunger games. I'm telling you it's true. Uh, it's madness. There are people living on the streets of the richest country in the world and the most Christian country in the world. How can that even be? How can it be both? Like, I really almost could understand it more if you're like, look, we love money. Homeless people don't have money. Therefore, we hate homeless people. Done deal. We're out. See ya. I'm like, yeah, yeah, good point. That follows through. But it's not. It's not, okay? They're not libertarians. They're crazy Christians, okay? And I don't know. I mean, like all humans, okay? Every Everything I could just add the adjective crazy, okay? Crazy libertarians, crazy Christians, crazy everything. Just always crazy. People are crazy. Is that a song? I think so. Strange. People are strange. <laughs> it's true. So look, the most Christian country in the world, and there are people freezing to death on the streets of it right now, okay? Now, you could be like, well, Sage, they don't want our help. I read once that they're service resistant. No. No, <laughs> no, we're not service resistant. That means that means they don't want to go to homeless jail. Okay, it would be like, why don't you just come to jail? It's better. We take care of all your food. Literally, they could do it like that, right? They literally could be like, look, we offer jail for like all the poor people. But for some reason, they don't want to go. They're service resistant. I mean, look, we give them food. We give them shelter. Um, everything. But for some reason, they don't want to go to jail. I don't know why. I'll tell you why. Because crazy humans have got a thing about freedom. Okay? We're, we're, we're obsessed with it. We're obsessed with it. We don't even have the time to know what you mean because most of us have most of the freedoms we want. And so you're like, I want freedom. Okay. Yeah, I just want to keep watching Netflix. Okay, we got you. You just go home and watch Netflix. All right. You're not going to take my Netflix, are you? No, no. You got your Netflix. Okay. Because I'd be seriously pissed if they took the Netflix. But for many people, particularly African-Americans and poor people, they know the meaning of freedom. They live it every day. People come knocking on their door constantly. You'd wonder why you're like, why, why do, <laughs> oh, liberals, progressives, oh, you sweet little morons. They're like, why do they vote against their interests? They are just, they're just embarrassed uh, millionaires that 
you know, think they're going to be millionaires someday. No, 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 no. That's not it at all. Look, when you're white and middle class, the government is your friend. They love you. You know why they love you? Because you pay your taxes and you're buying the most expensive house you can possibly afford. They love you. Well, they don't love you. They hate you too, but they put up with you more than they put up with the poor people. The poor people can't even afford their water bills, so they turn that shit off. Poor people, uh, you know, are gross. They like prioritize things besides uh, keeping their space tidy, you know, because they're struggling to survive. <laughs> And then the nuisance department comes along and if, if the shit isn't bad enough, then they're like, you have seven days to clean up all this shit. Otherwise we're taking it all. And then we're going to bill you for it. <laughs> and you think, you think that homeless, uh, that, that poor people are voting against their interests. No, they know what the government is and the government fucking sucks for them. Okay, the government comes to take their kids, take their property, turn off their utilities uh, and fuck with them in any way they possibly can imagine in new, improved ways. Okay, I saw I saw I saw child services take a baby out of the hands of a mother uh, in my yard. Okay, that. Is the, that's the government you want them to uh, take into their hearts and souls. <laughs> you don't understand, poor people. You don't understand what it's like to be out there, like being judged and being harassed by the government. There's a guy that owns a sushi shop here in Akron. I'm not going to look it up because it's going to take me forever. But he grew up in the killing fields, okay? Uh, I will look that up. Where were the killing fields? Cambodia, that's right. So he grew up in Cambodia, okay? Him and his brothers. Now, he was... Uh, um. He grew up in a cave, okay? And he had two possessions. He had a bandana from the government and a spoon. Those were his two possessions, okay? So... It says, here's the question. How did the Comer Rouge kill their victims? They were, those killed were either executed as enemies of the regime or died from starvation, disease, or overwork. Historically, this period is shown in the film. The killing fields has become known as the Cambodian genocide. Okay. This guy walked from, he said, Akron to Chicago to go to a place where they were protecting uh, people that were being attacked, okay? I didn't plan on talking about this today, so my 
knowledge of this whole thing is really sketchy. Okay. But the story is burned into my soul. Okay. So the details of the history of all this, he didn't really talk about. He just told me the stories of his family. Okay. So what I can tell you is he and his family walked from the distance to from Akron to Chicago, which is a six hour drive. That's 300 miles. Okay. It's 300 miles. And on the way, his father got bit by a cobra and died. Okay. Got bit by a cobra and died. Now, as I'm talking, his brother steps out and said, I got bit by a cobra too and lived. And he showed me the mark. It was in between his forefinger and his, that little webbing between the forefinger and your thumb. You could see it that he had been bit by a cobra. Another family member was blown up in a landmine. Apparently they had all these landmines all over that were untracked. They get to the refugee center after walking 300 miles and they're turned away. I forget why they were turned away. They had to walk the entire way back through all that shit. Now, eventually they went, they walked back once again and then they got into the refugee center and then now he's got a sushi place in fricking North Akron and he's awesome. And I can't remember his name and I'm really embarrassed because I haven't been there in a long time and, but people love him. And this is what he said. He's a Republican, staunch Republican. And I'm like, why do you vote Republican? He's like, in my family, when the government starts coming around, that's when you need to be worried because they're usually coming to kill you. Okay. That's what the government means to that guy. And that was the most indelible mark that he left on me on that story. And I was so grateful to that for him to share that story with me because it was just so powerful. And I've carried it with me through my life as I try to understand why many poor people, at least white poor people, vote Republican. Most of my white homeless friends are avid Trump supporters. Now, I don't know what they're into now. I don't think they're like QAnon or whatever, the Boogaloo Boys or anything. I don't, you know, I don't think. But they're still highly, highly conservative. And the reason is the same. The reason is the same. Because when the government starts coming around, it only means one thing. Your life is going to get worse. It's true. Nobody from the government shows up at a poor person's house to help them. They only show up when shit is going to go wrong. You're going to lose your kid. They're going to turn off your utilities. After they turn off your utilities and you can't afford them to turn on, they're going to condemn your house. 
And then you're going to lose your kids. You're always going to lose your kids. Your kids are the only thing you have, and they love stealing kids. Child and family services can take kids whenever they want. They do not have to have any burden of proof. None. Just a suspicion. Okay? Do you understand that? Do you understand that drug addicts who are rich, child and family services doesn't show up. Drug addicts who are poor, and apparently they say, and I wouldn't doubt it, that nearly every uh, kid they've taken comes from a family that has drugs involved. They take them. They take them. You know why? Because poor people aren't going to do shit. A rich person who's beating their kid and doing as much blow, spending their entire salary on coke, will sue those fuckers. And now they got a lawsuit. Poor people. They ain't got nobody to, you can't call somebody to sue child and family services because your lawyer is going to be like, well, were you doing drugs? Yep. Case closed. Nothing I can do to help. A rich guy who, whose kids are taken from child and family services. They're like, Hey, child and family services stole my kid. And they'll be like, that's outrageous. That's outrageous. I charge $500 an hour. That's fine. Get my fucking kids back. You better believe I will, sir. I will get your kids back. They don't bring up the drugs. You see? Do you see the difference? Liberals, the problem with liberals, and I like to pick on liberals because I'm mostly one. I'm I'm quite left. I'm for my own beliefs. I think Akron should be a very left-leaning city, uh, but I don't believe that all of America should be left, okay? I like, actually, that that I, I, I personally believe that America should be pretty uh, benign in its, its uh, beliefs. Like, that abortion one is so tricky, right? But I don't think you should outlaw abortion. But should a town be able to outlaw abortion? I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. I, I don't. Don't ask me, man. I'm not freaking genius. Call Warner Mendenhall. He has all the answers. I don't know. <laughs> answered all his questions. You can ask if you're on the retainer at Warner Mendenhall. You can he'll answer all your questions. So, uh, So I feel like uh, if 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 Akron was some hippie pot smoking chill chill town, that would be good for Akron. I really think they could chill out and be it would be good. But that's not what everybody needs. Other towns need other things. I think it should be on a per town basis. That's what I think. Shouldn't be on a state basis. I mean, have you met Ohio? We're like the craziest state of them all. Well, right now we're pretty conservative. We used to be a swing state. But there's like all kinds of people in Ohio. So you can't be like, Ohio's conservative. No, man, I live here. I think Akron should be like the pot-smoking capital of the world. I think it should be growing on the sides of the streets. 
Maybe not that. That's a little excessive. But everybody should be able to grow it for sure in their house. Uh, but not everybody in Ohio wants that. So that's my belief, but I don't know. I'm just making up beliefs. I'm not some sort of like genius that can, can, can unfold the, 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 the 4d chest of those repercussions. And even one at the, at the, at the city level, I don't know what would happen. I don't know, but I do know this. Liberals think their ideas are the right ideas. They, and if you don't believe them as they're preaching tolerance and they're like, no, you're an idiot. I'm tolerant. (laughs) Can you believe those fuckers? You're stupid because you're a Christian and you believe in you. You supported Trump. You're stupid. You're stupid. You're a bootlicker. No, you're you're the one sounding like a stupid bootlicker right now. It's you, bro. Just shut the fuck up. <laughs> it's apparent to everybody except you and your fucking echo chamber of liberal fuckers. <laughs> everybody. You think you, you have just so swallowed your own bullshit. You eat bullshit for three meals a day. You have to unfriend people that supported Trump. They're racist. They're racist. The only people that voted for Trump are racist. Oh, really? Really? Have you met them all? Have you met one? (laughs) Have you met one Trump supporter? Oh, my God. No, but I heard it on fucking CNN, man. They're all fucking racist, man. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Like liberals are totally clueless of how ignorant and hypocritical and intolerant they are. They, they really believe their bullshit. They really believe it. They're worse than QAnon. They're worse. Um, then they're appalled that I've even said such a thing. <laughs> They are because they're they're crushing poor people's lives. They're crushing poor people's lives because the government works for them. The government's been great for them. They're like, you should get more government in your life, man. It'd be so fucking great. I mean, it's great for me, man. They fucking plow my streets all the time, and I just call them, and they come running right out, man. They're so good. <laughs> They're like, no, thanks, buddy. I've tried never to call the city. I don't need the city up in my grill at all. Less city, the better. Just like my friends from Cambodia. When the government comes to the house of a poor person, it means only one thing. Shit's about to hit the fan. Okay. They don't want the government. They want the government to stay the hell out of their life. Just go away. Yeah, my life is fucked up right now, but you know what would make it more fucked up? The government. <laughs> Just stay the fuck away. <laughs> we'll take care of everything. I mean, you know, like, look, there's a shooting, right, in a city. We have tons of shootings now in Akron. And then the police complain 
that uh, nobody helps them with the evidence. Nobody, like, turns in the shooter. Yeah, fucking A, they don't turn in the shooter. (laughs) I had a friend that... uh, Uh, there was a, a murder in my neighborhood where I, not where I live, but where I work with my homeless friends and, uh, a friend of mine called and said, I know who the shooter is. And the police came out and he told the story and the police said, sorry, that's not enough evidence. There's nothing we can do, but you know what? That shooter knew. That shooter found out that he fucking ratted. He had to leave town, man. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Talk to the police about shooters. That's a great idea. Great idea. You think you can't get murdered while a, 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 a drug dealer's in prison? What are you, a stupid? Are you stupid? <laughs> So we all have a lot to learn. And it's mostly, I got to say, the Democrats, the liberals that have the most to learn because they don't think they have anything to learn. They won't talk to conservatives. They uh, chastise me if I ever say anything positive about people like Donald Trump or any conservative any conservative ideology. I mean, they love it when I talk about like how, you know, Akron should be the pot capital of the world, which it should. I mean, I'm, I think it would be good. I literally believe, I think we should be the most liberal city in America. I mean, it can't hurt. Everything else is fucked up around here. I mean, why not just go hard, just go total chill. I have a dream where dreadlocks are the, the city hairdo and uh, <laughs> Bob Marley is the city uh, <laughs> spokesperson. <laughs> I don't know. I'll make it up. I can find it or whatever, but uh, it's not right for everybody. Nowhere near it, but liberals think their ideas are right for everybody because They went to college. (laughs) So now they're geniuses. They've got it all figured out. I went to college. I got a four-year degree, and I spent $100,000 on it. And So I'm smart, and I'm going to fucking die with that. (laughs) That debt. They're going to die with that $100,000 worth of debt. They can't even touch the principal because they haven't gotten a real job for the last 20 years. There's no fucking jobs because liberals. I'm not fucking joking, man. Uh, <laughs> uh, so at any rate, we have to understand that people who are homeless or people that are low income have 
a view of the world that has been shown to them at their core has uh, been shown to them through highly traumatic events um, that has created generations of mental health issues compounded by uh, uh, um, treating the addictions using drugs and alcohol and have no hope of anything. They're hopeless. And if you've never been hopeless, <laughs> you just better shut the fuck up because you don't know what that's like. All right. Uh, rich people can be hopeful all the time because even if things get bad every once in a while, which they do, uh, you just have hope that things are going to turn around. But really what you have is an infrastructure based on uh, prosperity. <laughs> So, you know, you roll enough dice when you're rich and educated, you know, things are going to work out when you're poor and uneducated uh, and uh, you've never seen anybody in your family have a decent job to amount to anything. You don't know what, <laughs> you don't know what hope is. You've never seen it, man. And so... We, as a society, have so far to go in understanding what um, what other people's lives are like. And one of the things that I have gotten to like found very interesting is trying to understand people. And so like I've been substitute teaching recently and honestly, I was like, well, I, you know, and nobody's ever asked me why I substitute. I think they probably imagine that I don't have any money. <laughs> But it's actually the opposite at this moment in my life. Um, I don't really need any more money. And so I've been doing things that just interest me. And, um, and so I felt drawn to substitute teaching. And... <laughs> I had this idealistic idea that I could be a substitute teacher and make a difference. I could share wisdom that I have gleaned from the world. And uh, yeah, that's not going to happen. That's like, you almost never can change someone's life by giving them wisdom. <laughs> you know what you should do? You should be nice to people. Oh, thanks. Thanks. 
Did you see what they just did to me? Yeah, well, you shouldn't, you know, it's not tit for tat. Oh, really? Thanks. Were, were you on the ground being pummeled? Well, no, but you know, I mean, you didn't, you didn't react in a very mature way after they were beating the shit out of you. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks, buddy. Please tell me, tell me more. <laughs> tell me more. Um, you, I, 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 I thought I would make a difference being with homeless people too. I'm like, I'm going to make a difference. <laughs> Holy shit. It's so embarrassing coming out of my mouth. You're like, I'm going to make a difference, man. Uh, yeah, kind of like you bring some food. Okay. You got a handful of people that you can keep fed. Good job. You got a couple people you gave a tent to. Good job. Uh, you made some giving bags. Good job. And I will say that those things are cool. <laughs> People need substitute teachers to show up. Good job. There was a teacher that was sick. There was somebody who needed to go watch him. You watched him. Good job. But are you making a difference? Are you making a difference? <laughs> Uh, not like you think because you're just like, you go in to these environments and you're like, I have things I want to say. Yeah. And the things that you want to say are meaningful to you, which is great. It's very cool. I'm glad you have meaningful things, but they don't mean anything to anybody else because they have different experiences. You know, they come from a different world. And so eventually you're just like, I'm not making any difference. <laughs> you go from, I'm going to make a difference to being like, this is futile. <laughs> I can't make any difference whatsoever. Because what you did was you thought you had something to bring to these people. You thought that you were bringing something to them that was going to make a difference like food or clothes or, you know, wisdom to the children. And it doesn't. <laughs> You are so mistaken. You are so mistaken. And so you become uh, a little disheartened because you're like, look, I'm not making a difference with the, the dozen people I know. How can I make a difference, a meaningful difference in the millions of people that need help just in my country? Never mind all the kids and poor people around the world. Billion, two billion people, pretty extreme lives of suffering and poverty. 
right? Wouldn't you say that's probably accurate? I haven't looked it up. It's something like that. You don't end up making the difference you think you're going to make. But what happens is you do make a difference. But it wasn't because you brought him a sandwich. It wasn't because you told a kid a, something wise. It's because you showed up. That's all you have to do. You showed up. And I'm sorry to tell you this, but your money does not count. Now, people will be glad to take your money and use your money and it'll buy things. But it is not the money that people need. People need people. Now, along the way, you're going to find out that people need things. And if you want, you can help them with that if you can. Sometimes you can, sometimes you can't. That's all. No big deal. But what they really need is to know that you care. That's it. And I don't understand why people think that's not enough. It could be because maybe they don't realize, maybe they don't even think that they, maybe they don't care. <laughs> They're like, well, I don't really actually care here. So here, have this. But that's not true. I don't think, I think most people do care. They just don't always know how to go about it. And so they're like, I want to do a thing. But the thing that all people need is you to just show up. Just to be present. Not to be on your phone. Not to be obsessed about your stories, your wisdom. It actually lessens it when you're like, look at the thing I brought you. And then the poor person has to be like, oh, wow, fucking toothpaste. So great. I, I don't have any teeth, but yeah. Oh, thank you. They have to fucking fawn over your bullshit. And. So what we all need to do is just show up. And then you're like, well, Sage, how do I show up for homeless people? And you're like, well, if you have to ask that, maybe you should start with somebody you know. If you have to ask me, Sage, I want to help the homeless. I want to do what you do. I'm like, well, cool. I, that's cool. Yeah. I, all right. Let's do that. But I'm not really here to be your tour guide of the homeless community because I don't really know your motives. 
I am not taking you on a tour of poverty because it's obvious. I bring a pack of people in and I have them stare at a camp for a half hour and they leave and they never come back. Why do I need to do that? These are not animals at the zoo. In fact, they're pretty embarrassed a lot of times. They don't want you there. So I'm not going to bring you to my homeless friends so you can stare at them. If you are meant to help homeless people in person, you're doing it. You don't need me. The people that are helping homeless people never once came to me and said, Sage, show me some homeless people. (laughs) Now they came around. They're like, hey, Sage, can I help with that? Can I help with this? And the next thing you know, they're like out there. They're taking me to places I've never been. You know? So if you don't know homeless people and you want me to just take you out around the homeless people. I'm just not going to do it because I don't know where you're at. And furthermore, you're probably not at the right place because you know what? You have people in your life that need you right now. I don't care if your kid is driving, uh, the fanciest Mercedes that money can buy. And you live in a two million dollar house your kid needs you your spouse needs you you not your money not your presence not your pre sorry not your pres like gifts not your gifts but your presence they need you there they need you to be interested in them. They need to know that you care. And that's it. That's it. Every person on planet earth is suffering. Typically significantly. Every person Just because they're rich and they go to fancy schools does not mean that they aren't suffering. Kids particularly are suffering because they're trying to find their way in a world that is oftentimes cruel and oftentimes is cruel at the hands of other kids. We're so obsessed with the things that we can bring that we lose sight of the only thing we ever needed to bring, and that's our love. That's it. Not wisdom, not presence, but our love. And if you don't know homeless people, and you don't have an idea of how to find homeless people, I'm telling you, you probably should not be helping homeless people. 
because there are people in your life right now that are suffering extreme amounts of suffering. No matter how much money they have, how many things they have, they are suffering. You know someone right now that is having a hell of a time. And it just brings me back to this idea that there is so much need that you don't have to go searching for it. I have been substituting for some third graders in a private school, and I imagine some are well off and some are not. I don't know their economic thing, but I do know this. I do know that their year of coronavirus has been incredibly traumatic for them. That you can see it as plain as day. That their relationships with their friends are strained. That they are not totally comfortable the way they probably were before coronavirus. These are our current realities and truths. And it's not just the kids. It's the adults. Trauma is a, a word right now that's really hot in the um, psychology field. And it deserves to be hot because trauma is a real thing. And it is, I think, a very common um, experience and is something that is kind of just swept under the rug, like, ah, just suck it up, suck it up, get back out there, suck it up. But the problem is that our emotions are leave residue on our path through life. So things that have happened in the past add to the road that we're currently walking on. And so you can suck it up. You can keep moving, but that doesn't mean that the suffering that you experienced in the path past isn't still with you. And I'm not a psychologist and I mean, I don't, I mean, I don't know what the answer is, and I don't know necessarily that psychologists know the answer, but I can tell you that um, there's something to this thing called self-care, okay? And basically, self-care is just you being nice to yourself, okay? That's basically it. What, would you, what makes you feel good? Your slippers, your little blankie, Netflix, taking a bath, 
I don't typically recommend alcohol or drugs, but you know, marijuana is probably great. List, you know, in moderation, even a glass of wine probably can help you find that, but you have to be so careful with drugs because they can become the enemy uh, because then they consume you because they're like, well, drugs are my happy place. Uh, drugs are my, my self care. And you're like, well, yeah, when you're, when you're high, it's good, but the rest of your life's kind of fucked up now. <laughs> They're like, yeah, but man, it's so great when I'm high. I know. I'm just saying sometimes you have to look at the whole picture. And, um, what I'm here to tell you is self-care and compassion and love never include judgment. They never do. Never once, never once. But yet that is like how we believe we are helping ourselves, our friends, our family. You know, you, you, what you should do, you should do this. You should go do that. And uh, now nah, we're, we're good. I, I, don't, I don't really need that kind of help. Thanks. We as human beings are typically pretty shitty at being good friends i would say we don't we don't come natural to compassion we don't come natural to empathy and if you don't have compassion and empathy you don't have love it's impossible you just can't you just can't uh, <laughs> you can't love somebody if you don't have the ability to understand them. And so this is what happens in our world. Like we're like, okay, everybody, black people shouldn't be slaves anymore. Yeah, we all agree. Black people shouldn't be slaves anymore. And then we're like, you, you, you know, and then they get the right to vote. And then you're like, you know who else should be able to vote? Women. No, no, not women, not women. And, uh, and we have to do it over and over and over again that we have to learn how to take our foot off of the neck of every single person, every single time we don't we can't extrapolate the fact that this is who we are as a tribal being that there is us and them. And we just do it over and over and over and over again. We don't actually learn. We're like, okay. Uh, and you know, like, okay, George, like, you know, let's not police. Hey, let's not kill black people for fun. Okay. We're like, yeah, let's stop killing black people for fun. Okay. And then we have homeless people living unsheltered all over the country. And you're like, and you're like, you know, uh, and, and then on top of it, we sweep their camps. Okay. We don't let them live anywhere. They want to live where they're living. Just ask them. And we're like, no, you can't do that. 
where do you need to go? Well, you, we have a shelter for you. And then we have some housing solutions. And we're like, yeah, those suck. And then you read that as a middle-class person who doesn't know homeless people. And you're just like, why don't they accept the shelter and the housing? Yeah. Right. And then you are inclined to judge them. And then that's because that's all they have to do. That's all the, the oppressor has to do. We offered them shelter and housing and most of them didn't take it. Well, that's just crazy. Boy, those people must choose to be homeless. They must choose to be homeless. Uh, no, they are choosing not to go to homeless jail, which is what has been offered to them. And uh, there's a thing that people at their core want to be free. And that's it. Because there are tons of strings attached to um, housing options or shelter options. You can't take your dog. You can't take your spouse because they have a felony that doesn't uh, uh, count you know, that, that precludes them from being a part of that program. You know, they can't, they can't pass the background check. There's always background checks. Okay. For housing always, always. So that just means that some people are going to get housed and some people aren't because of their background, not because they need it, but because there are certain people that can be housed and there are certain people that can't be housed. That doesn't come up in the news article. These people didn't choose it. They're, they're, they're choosing to stay outside. <laughs> and so then we have to do it all over again. We have to build this whole case. We have to educate everybody all over again about how we are oppressing people. We're murdering people because we don't like them. And, uh... We can't ever seem to learn because every new person that comes up, we're like, well, now this person really sucks. I mean, you know, we were wrong about black people. We were wrong about gay people. We were wrong about uh, internment camps for uh, Japanese people in World War II. I mean, we were wrong, but we're right now. This time we're right. No, no, you're always wrong. You're always wrong. You are doing it to them. You are murdering them because you don't like them. And then you make laws that make it so you are basically passively exterminating homeless people. There is nothing else you can say about it. When you remove somebody's, you take their belongings and throw them in the garbage and they have nothing left, you are passively murdering them. And it becomes a form of genocide. And then you have to have a guy like me, you have to listen to for years and years and years. And finally, somebody wakes up and they're like, you know, it's not right the way we're treating homeless people. Oh, really? How about like, and then there's just going to be somebody else. And we have to run this game over and over and over again. And the only reason is because we are not naturally compassionate and empathetic to other people. And that's where we need to be. Practice on your kids, practice on your spouse, practice on your best friend, practice on your coworkers, practice, 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 because 
we all need to practice. All right, everybody. I got to go. I love you. Bye. Thank you for listening to Sage and the Houseless Movement, a weekly show dedicated to the news and views of the homeless locally and worldwide.